The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Investors brace for this morning's reading on inflation. President Biden plans to announce new measures to combat rising food costs. Lisa Cook will be the first black woman on the Fed's Board of Governors. And Elon Musk says he would reverse Twitter's ban of Donald Trump. New York City boosts police presence on subways as assaults increase, plus the Senate votes today on an abortion rights bill. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Aaron Judge, the ninth inning hero in a thrilling Yankee win over the Blue Jays. The Mets won in Washington. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 44 points. Dow futures up 288. And NASDAQ futures up 162. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. The 10-year Treasury up 1432 seconds. Yield 2.93%. The yield on the two-year, 2.59%. NYMEX crude oil is up 3.25%, up $3.25 at $102.90. Six cents a barrel. Comex gold up half percent or ten dollars at eighteen fifty one an ounce. The euro one point oh five six one against the dollar and the British pound is at one point two three seven four. Nathan countdown is on Karen for the latest reading on inflation in less than two and a half hours. The government issues the consumer price index for April with inflation running at its fastest pace in decades. And Kate has a preview from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. In March, the CPI rose 8.5% year over year, the most since 1980. And yet Bloomberg Economics says the run-up probably slowed in April, reflecting a drop in seasonally adjusted gasoline prices. But the climb down from the 40-year high in inflation will be stubbornly slow. Bloomberg says the inflation rate won't dip below 7% until late in the year, keeping the Federal Reserve committed to higher interest rates. In Washington, Ann Kate's Bloomberg Daybreak. Right, and thank you. Well, that inflation report could have a major impact on Fed policy. But for now, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says she favors steady 50 basis point rate increases. We don't rule out 75 forever, right? I mean, what I'm going to do is I think 50, the cadence we're going now seems about right to me. We're going to have to assess whether inflation is actually moving down. And then we'll be able to get more information after we do a couple of those to see. And Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Michael McKee. And Karen Mester is soon going to have help in the battle against inflation. The Fed is now welcoming its first black woman to the Board of Governors. We get more on that from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. 
Economist Lisa Cook won Senate confirmation by the narrowest possible margin. The 51-50 vote reflects a tie-breaking appearance by Vice President Kamala Harris. The vote had been delayed by virus cases among Democrats. Cook had faced a united GOP campaign against her. The top Republican on the Senate Banking Committee, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, dismissed her record as thin on monetary policy. And he charged her with holding far-left political views that risk politicizing the central bank. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. Well, at the White House today, new measures are coming to help cut costs, specifically for farmers. And Bloomberg's Amy Morris explains from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. President Biden wants to undercut the rising cost of food. Ukraine has 20 million tons of grain in storage and silos right now. They're trying to figure out how to get out of the country into market, which would reduce prices around the world. Among the new initiatives, double cropping insurance, which gives farmers more coverage if they plant more than one crop. The U.S. will double its investment in domestic fertilizer production to a half billion dollars. And tools used by the USDA to reduce the use of fertilizer will be extended to more farms. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. Let's turn to Asia now, where inflation is also in focus. China's factory gate prices rose faster than expected in April. And factory prices aren't the only ones on the rise, as we hear from Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis. And consumer prices rose again. The CPI accelerated 2.1%, faster than a projected 1.8% gain. The COVID lockdowns drove food and fuel costs higher. In the meantime, producer prices gained 8% from a year earlier, compared to 8.3% in March. It, too, was a little hotter than the estimate. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., earnings will also be in the spotlight when Disney reports this afternoon, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Although the entertainment giant's theme park division has been firing on all cylinders, along with most of its media businesses, analysts are a little concerned that the just-completed second quarter may be the slowest of the year for subscriber growth at the Disney Plus TV streaming service. Still, forecasts call for a solid 134.4 million subscribers. Bloomberg consensus calls for adjusted earnings per share of $1.18, revenues of just over $20.1 billion. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Tom, thanks. Now let's take a look at some stocks on the move following yesterday's earnings. Shares of Coinbase are down 17% in early trading. Revenue at the cryptocurrency exchange missed estimates, and Coinbase is also warning trading volume in the current quarter will be lower. Roblox shares are now little changed. They did fall as much as 4% earlier. The video game platform aimed at preteens and teenagers that surged during the pandemic reported bookings that missed estimates. Well, Twitter also front and center, Nathan, after comments from Elon Musk. The world's richest man says he would reverse former President Donald Trump's permanent ban if he takes control of the company. Banning Trump from Twitter didn't end Trump's voice. It will amplify it among the right. And this is why it is morally wrong and flat out stupid. Elon Musk says he believes Twitter has overstepped uh, policing user speech and wants to push it toward a more free speech focused approach. And finally, Karen, let's fill you in on the latest on the war in Ukraine. The fighting is now starting to affect physical gas supplies. Ukraine's gas network operator says it will stop receiving fuel at one of its main metering stations because it can't control the infrastructure in territories occupied by Russia. Meantime, in Washington, the House has passed more than $40 billion in emergency aid to Ukraine. The Senate is likely to approve the measure next week. Looking ahead to the market open, futures are moving higher with S&P futures up 38 points, Dow futures up 255, 
Nasdaq futures higher by 140 points, a gain of 1.1%. The 10-year Treasury is up 14.30 seconds. Yield on the 10-year, 2.93%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're 55 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident on the eastbound Belt Parkway at Springfield Road. Keep that in mind if you're headed to Kennedy Airport. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The Senate is expected to vote on protecting abortion rights. It comes in the wake of a leaked Supreme Court opinion suggesting the majority would overturn Roe v. Wade. Today's vote is almost certain to fail, but Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wants to put senators on the record about it. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. The Supreme Court, if this becomes the decision, has obviously said this is ripe for discussion in Democratic bodies. We happen to be a Democratic body. Schumer is proving that by having us vote on it. Senator Mitch McConnell. Governor Kathy Hochul has announced that New York will make $35 million available to help abortion providers boost services and security. In Connecticut, Governor Ned Lamont signed a new abortion bill into law that he says expands abortion access. When you're ready to be pregnant, whether you're ready to have that baby, we are doing everything we can to support you. That means we are providing prenatal support and um, support after birth. Governor Lamont called it a fundamental freedom issue that is being challenged by the Supreme Court. It's a split for Donald Trump-backed candidates in yesterday's primaries. Representative Alex Mooney, endorsed by Trump, defeated Representative David McKinley in the GOP primary for West Virginia's 2nd Congressional District. Mooney spoke to his supporters in Charleston. Donald Trump loves West Virginia. And West Virginia loves Donald Trump. Mooney won 52% to 38%. Republican voters in Nebraska picked Jim Pillen as their nominee for governor. Pillen beat eight other rivals, including businessman Charles Herbster, who faced groping allegations from several women. An NYPD officer was released from the hospital after he was shot last night in the Claremont section of the Bronx. The suspected gunman was killed. New York City subway riders will see more uniformed police officers on the trains overnight and for longer stretches of time to find an increase in crime. Police say 79% of subway crimes are happening on trains and platforms. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. High drama in the Bronx. Yankees had to come from behind twice. They trailed the Blue Jays 3-0 in the sixth inning. John Carlos Stanton tied the game with a three-run homer down the line in right field. Toronto went back ahead 5-3. Yanks had two on, one out, bottom of the ninth. Here's the 1-2. Swung on and hit in the air to deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a game-winning walk-off three-run home run by Aaron Judge. He hit it a mile and a half in the left field seat. On WFAN, Yanks won 6-5, so they go to 21-8. and Just as the Mets improved to 21-10, and they trailed 6th inning to Washington, scored three times, beat the Nationals 4-2. The Angels with their 21st win. It was a no-hitter by 22-year-old rookie Reed Detmers against Tampa Bay. Just his 11th career start. His career ERA entering the game was over six and a near no-hitter for 39-year-old Justin Verlander. He lost it with one out in the eighth. Blowouts in the NBA. Phoenix beat Dallas by 30. 
Miami beat Philadelphia by 35. Both teams go up 3-2. Both series has seen the home team win every game. NBA Hall of Famer Bob Lanier has died at 73, an eight-time All-Star for the Detroit Pistons. Igor Shesterkin named a finalist for the Vezina Trophy that goes to the NHL's best goalie. He may very well win the award, but will he play like a Vezina winner tonight at the Garden? Just played three periods in Pittsburgh and gave up ten goals. Shesterkin and the Rangers now face elimination, trailing the Penguins 3-1. to one. Game five wins last night for Carolina, Toronto, St. Louis, and Los Angeles. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. S&P futures now up 38 points. Dow futures up 250 Seven Nasdaq futures higher by 137 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 14.30 seconds. The yield, 2.93%. As we await the release of the April Consumer Price Index, it's expected to show a slowdown in inflation. We have a Bloomberg Big Take coming up on the city in the U.S. that is dealing with double-digit inflation right now. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, upper 60s today, mostly sunny with a high near 70. Tomorrow will be near 70 by Friday with a chance for showers. Right now, 55 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures and European shares are rising as investors await a key inflation report to gauge whether the Fed's efforts to tame inflation in the world's largest economy are working. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 38 points. Dow futures up 247. NASDAQ futures up 141. The DAX in Germany is up 8 tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 13.30 seconds, yield 2.93 percent. Yield on the two-year, 2.59 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 3.1 percent, up $3.13 at $102.89 a barrel. COMEX gold up 6 tenths percent, or $10.50 at $18.51.50 an ounce. The euro, 1.0557 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2365. The yen is at 129.85. And Bitcoin this morning up 3 percent at $31,900. Today we are watching for the Consumer Price Index. It's at 8.30 Wall Street time. And Disney's among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Aaron, thank you very much. It's a split decision for Trump-backed candidates in two GOP primaries yesterday. Representative Alex Mooney, endorsed by the former president, won the primary to represent West Virginia's 2nd District for Congress. In Nebraska, Jim Pillen beat eight other candidates in the Republican primary for governor. Pillen beat Trump candidate Charles Herbster, who is accused of groping several women. In a rare bipartisan moment, the House has passed a nearly $40 billion military and humanitarian aid package for Ukraine. In baseball, the Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants won. The Mets beat the Nationals. The A's split a doubleheader with the Tigers. Angels rookie Reed Detmers pitched a no-hitter. In the NHL playoffs, the Bruins lost to the Hurricanes. Now Boston is behind in that series three games to two. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists now. Analyst in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. 
This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe. This is a really fast-moving story. It's caused a lot of outrage among investors. This is so fascinating. The market shut down in a way it's never done before. That's going to have consequences for years to come. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio. It's 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and our big take story this morning is on inflation, not just the consumer price index coming out in just about two hours, but even if CPI falls, it's going to be cold comfort for the residents of the city with the highest inflation in the country, Midland, Texas. Katya Dimitrieva is with us now for more on this big take story. She wrote it on the Bloomberg Terminal, U.S. economics reporter for Bloomberg News. Katya, good morning. I think a, a lot of listeners might remember Midland, Texas, best as uh, former President George W. Bush's hometown. But the people who live there now are dealing with price pressures, the likes of which the rest of the country doesn't even know. Why? That's right. I think the big takeaway here is that uh, Midland is, is quite remote. So it's about a four-hour drive to Dallas, for example, or the next uh, major city. And so because of that more remote nature, it's just harder to get stuff. It's harder to get goods. There are fewer options to get those goods. And so all of these issues that, you know, across the country and really the globe um, have contributed to inflation, uh, supply chain shortages, uh, factory closures, and just um, a kind of a shortage of workers in key industries all of those things are just exacerbated in Midland. And so you have a situation where Midland has had around 10%, sometimes higher, uh, consumer price index uh, locally every month. That's compared to about 8% and 8.1%, according to the data we're going to get today um, for April. So this is uh, this is a town that has really been living with this high inflation for the past two years, um, not just the past few months, not just the past year or since the economy started to reopen post-pandemic. Um, it really has experienced it for the past two years. And that's everything from groceries to um, electricity bills. I spoke with some folks who had their electricity bill either double or triple. Wow. Um, grocery bills are, are more expensive no matter where you go, no matter the grocery store. Um, you know, at the gas station, uh, things are more expensive. So it really hits them in all, all, all parts of their lives. Yeah, it really hits home in the story when you talk about sticky notes getting put up at grocery store aisles because the prices change seemingly from day to day. I mean, what is it like for the people, not just who are living under these kind of price pressures, but the businesses that have to deal with it? I know you, you talked with some business owners as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's sort of like the sticky note in the menu, but just with a lot more zeros added to it. Wow, jeez. So, you know, I spoke with one um, one business owner, Bo Garrison, who owns a Dirtworks company. So he basically relies on big equipment, trucks, um, and he talked to his representative from Caterpillar, and they said, listen, this one type of equipment you need, we're not going to have it. We can put you on a waiting list, and we're making a wish list for our top clients, but we're sorry, we just can't get it to you. Um, and then he talked to another rep and at a Mexican restaurant, of course. And, you know, they they were talking about how they don't have any Ford F-250s for him uh, until 2023. So these are things that will contribute to higher costs. You know, now he has to rent equipment if it breaks down. He needs to maybe buy it secondhand somewhere else and get it, get it trucked in or something. Like, they, these are things that businesses are dealing with on a constant 
moving daily basis, having these conversations. And that sometimes means passing on contracts. So you're presented with a piece of work and you have to tell an oil company or the company you're working with, no, I'm sorry, I can't because, you know, I either don't have the people, no matter how high my wages are, or I I just don't have the equipment to do it. And we only have about 30 seconds left here, Katya, but I guess this points to the limitations of Fed policy to turn these kinds of pressures around. That's exactly it. There's a there's a huge disconnect. I mean, the Fed has hiked interest rates. They are planning on continuing on that pace for future meetings, but that is not going to do very much for supply chain shortages, um, and it's really not going to address the underlying causes. Um, and it's not going to change prices, most likely for for places like Midland. Well, it's good to have you on to talk more about this. Thanks for coming on with us. Katya Dmitrieva, U.S. economics reporter for Bloomberg News, with the big take story on Midland, Texas, the hardest hit town uh, when it comes to inflation, dealing with uh, nearly 10 percent year over year inflation over the last six months. Read much more about it at uh, Bloomberg Big Take. It's uh, Bloomberg.com slash Big Take online or NI Big Take Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. S&P futures right now are up 38 points. Dow futures up 244. And NASDAQ futures higher by 140 points. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather sunny, upper 60s today. Mostly sunny with a high near 70 tomorrow. We'll be near 70 on Friday with a chance for showers. Right now it's 55 and clear in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. Helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. Up first, we soon get the latest reading on inflation. The April Consumer Price Index will be released at 8.30 Wall Street time. Nathan Sheets chief global economist with Citigroup says high commodity prices and supply chain pressures could lead to more persistent inflation. Looking under the hood is going to be critical. Uh, We're expecting a 0.4% month-to-month read uh, for core, somewhat lower for headline. But when I look at uh, underlying components, I just have a hard time being too optimistic about the inflation outlook. Citigroup Chief Global Economist Nathan Sheets expects inflation to gradually decline this year, even if it hasn't peaked yet. Well, those April CPI numbers, Karen, are likely to affect how the Fed tightens monetary policy. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says the path to 2% inflation will be painful. The unemployment rate may have to rise. We may get another quarter of... Uh, or two of negative growth. But that has to happen in order to get inflation down. So we are tightening financial conditions, and we're going to continue doing that until we see inflation moving back down. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester tells Bloomberg's Michael McKee she would not rule out a hike of 75 basis points this year. 
Well, in Asia, Nathan, inflation is also in focus. China's factory gate prices rose faster than expected in April, and CPI exceeded projections. COVID lockdowns are blamed for higher food and fuel prices. And earnings season isn't over just yet, Karen. Disney reports this afternoon. Bloomberg Intelligence expects streaming subscriber growth will slow, but it also expects strong performance from Disney's domestic parks. Well, now turning to Twitter and Elon Musk. Speaking at a conference yesterday, the world's richest man says he would reverse former President Donald Trump's permanent ban if he takes control of the company. Musk also said he is not sure Trump would even return to the platform. He has publicly stated that he will not be coming back to Twitter um, and that he will only be on Truth Social. And Elon Musk called Trump's ban morally wrong and, quote, flat out stupid. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Futures higher this morning. S&P futures at 44 points. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 55 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with the accident on the eastbound Belt Parkway at Springfield Boulevard. Heads up if you're headed to JFK. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Nathan. The Senate is expected to vote today on a bill that would codify abortion rights into federal law. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Passage is a long shot, but Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he wants every senator on the record for all to see. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says actually that's exactly what the leaked Supreme Court opinion suggested, a vote, but... Historically, there have been abortion votes on the floor of the Senate. None of them have achieved 60 votes. McConnell says, go ahead, take the vote. Schumer says if by some chance Republicans take control of the Congress, it could mean a total federal ban on the table. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has announced that the state will make $35 million available to help abortion providers boost services and security. In Connecticut, Governor Ned Lamont signed a new abortion bill into law that he says expands abortion access. Everybody talking about freedom. This is a fundamental freedom issue that is being challenged by the Supreme Court. Fundamental. Governor Lamont also says the state is providing prenatal support and support after birth. It's a split decision for Donald Trump candidates in two GOP primaries yesterday. Representative Alex Mooney endorsed by the former president, one over fellow representative David McKinley in West Virginia. Mooney is now poised to represent the state's second district in the next Congress. Republican voters in Nebraska picked Jim Pillen as their nominee for governor. Pillen beat eight rivals, including Charles Herbster, who was supported by former President Trump and accused of groping multiple women. New York Congressman Tom Reed is resigning, leaving an office more than seven months before the end of his term. Reed said last year that he would not seek re-election after he was accused of sexual misconduct, but he announced in a speech on the floor of the U.S. House yesterday that he was stepping down. New Yorkers will have to wait until August to vote in the primary elections for U.S. representatives rather than June. A federal judge approved it. The congressional primaries are being pushed back after new Democrat-drawn district maps were deemed unconstitutional by New York's high court. And look for more police officers in New York City subways overnight and for longer stretches of time to fight crime. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan, the Yankees keep winning. They made it 14 of their last 16, even when trailing by two runs and down to their last two outs. Aaron Judge with a game-winning walk-off. Three-run homer, bottom of the ninth, a thrilling 6-5 win over the Blue Jays at the stadium. John Carlos Stanton had hit a three-run shot in the sixth inning. The Yanks are now a Major League Best 21-8. and eight. They've got a 12-30 start with the Blue Jays today. The Mets are a National League Best 21-10. and 10. They trailed in Washington, rallied to win 4-2 behind Carlos Carrasco. The Mets may have needed five pitchers for their no-hitter last month. An Angels rookie last night did it all by himself. Here's the next delivery. It's chopped to short. This should do it. The throw to first. It's a no-hitter. It's a no-hitter. Reed Dippers in just his 11th major league start. Pitches a no-hitter. That's the 13th in Angels history. KLAA to call 12 nothing over Tampa Bay. The Angels out-hit the Rays 18 to nothing. Detmers is 22, youngest to throw a no-hitter since 2006. Home cooking in the NBA. Two series where the home teams won every game, and the game fives were blowouts. Phoenix beat Dallas by 30. Miami beat Philadelphia by 35. The winners go up 3-2-4. Game fives in the NHL. Carolina beat Boston. Home teams won every game there. Toronto in a late Austin match. Matthews goal rallied past Tampa Bay. St. Louis, three in the third to win at Minnesota. And L.A. in overtime at Edmonton. The winning teams all up 3-2. to two. The Penguins lead the Rangers 3-1. Game five tonight at the Garden. Does the Rangers season end? Or can they at least force a game six back in Pittsburgh? John Stashauer, Bloomberg. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks and some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us this morning taking a look at stocks on the move on earnings, Kriti. Yeah, it's been a pretty rough couple of months, but earnings do still matter, Nathan. And a great example of that is Coinbase this morning. C-O-I-N is your ticker. Down a whopping almost 15%. It was actually down way more earlier in the in the pre-market trading session. This is important to keep in mind because Coinbase actually warned that the total trading volume in the current quarter would be lower than in the first quarter. And this is important because they also re- missed their first quarter revenue estimate. So they're saying not only did we they have a bad quarter, but they're also expecting this to be a bad quarter as well. Now put this into context with what you're seeing in terms of Bitcoin, for example, and you are starting to see a lot of people say, well, we're not actually needed uh, to... Uh, you're not actually needing a lot of, or seeing a lot of open interest, excuse me, in some of these uh, cryptocurrencies, at least to the extent that we saw it in 2020 or 2021. And that's really leading to perhaps the collapse. It's a similar dynamic we're seeing in commodity markets, in stock markets. The volatility is so intense, Nathan, that a lot of people are saying there's just no – uh, there's just no way that um, they want to have that exposure and really uh, create that those trades. And that's really hitting Coinbase's bottom line. C-O-I-N is your ticker. The CEO also, by the way, saying that there's no risk of bankruptcy amid uh, the Black Swan event, of course, referring to some of the stuff that's going on with the stable coins uh, over the last mm. couple of days. Speaking of earnings, we should also talk about Occidental. O-X-Y is your ticker. They actually beat earnings this morning. And it's really important to talk about oil companies because we know, Nathan, I've come on over and over again onto the show yeah. and said – Oil is the new defensive stock, and it kind of is, and it looks like the earnings are coming in pretty strong as well. They did beat their estimates. OXY's your ticker, up 1.3%. Yeah, it certainly seems that way given how commodity prices have gone. But on the complete other side of the coin, you can't call 
Peloton defensive, not by any stretch. No, you really can't. But, you know, it's ironic because there was an era about two years ago when we could call them a, a total defensive stock. Yeah, um, back and, in pandemic days, sure. Yeah, yeah. Back, in, back in the day. Um, now you certainly can. But Peloton is having a little bit of a rebound. It did drop to its lowest level since IPOing um, and yesterday. But now because of that extreme move, you are seeing it now bounce a little bit up 2.5%. No real reason there. It really just becomes a matter of technicals. If you have an oversold stock, it will bounce back. So PTON up about 2.5%. And Nathan, let's spin this forward. Disney earnings after the well. DIS is your ticker. They're actually up 1.2% in the pre-market a lot when it comes to a gauge. They're the tech. They're the, they're a tech player in terms of streaming. They're also a right. parks and cruise lines. Um, they they have both sides of the coin. Yeah, they're a broad based entertainment giant. Kriti Gupta. Thanks as always, Boomer Green and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us this morning. Looking ahead to the open, futures are moving higher ahead of the CPI data. I have S and P futures right now, forty six points. Dow futures up 288, and Nasdaq futures higher by 182 points. Ten-year Treasury yield. 2.93%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine, upper 60s today. Mostly sunny with a high near 70 tomorrow. And we could see showers by Friday with a high still near 70 degrees. The current temperature in Central Park, 55 degrees. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Ken. That's right. U.S. futures are in the green right now. With Dow futures up 289 points. SB's gained 46, while NASDAQ futures are up by 187. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.94%. Gold is up 14. Oil is also climbing. And Bitcoin is higher by 2.4%. Japan was a little changed overnight while European markets are in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, the consumer price index. After the bell last night, Coinbase missed on revenue and trading volume. Shares are down 14% in the pre-market. And Unity Software revenue forecast missed estimates. Those shares plunging 22% pre-market. Regarding earnings today, Disney reports after the bell. And in deal news, Philip Morris agrees to buy Swedish Match. For $16 billion. Wrapping things up, Corning was cut to equate at Barclays. Carvana cut to hold over at Stiefel. Live from the First of Breaking News desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael? Karen, thank you very much. It was a split primary decision yesterday for former President Trump-supported candidates. In West Virginia, Representative Alex Mooney, endorsed by Trump, won over fellow Representative David McKinley for the state's 2nd Congressional District. Republican voters in Nebraska picked Jim Pillen as their nominee for governor. He beat eight rivals, including Trump-supported Charles Herbster, who was accused of groping multiple women. In baseball, the Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants won. The Mets beat the Nationals 4-2. The A split a doubleheader with the Tigers. Angels rookie Reed Detmers pitched a no-hitter. In the NHL playoffs, the Bruins lost to the Hurricanes and are now behind in the series three games to two. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Karen. 
All right, Michael, thank you. 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report. NJIT is future in the making. Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Researchers in Shanghai say China faces a tsunami of coronavirus infections if the government abandons its long-held COVID-0 policy. They were, and that could lead to 1.6 million deaths. The study published in the journal Nature Medicine says that China's vaccination campaign would be insufficient to prevent an Omicron wave that would swamp hospitals. Disappointing earnings from the largest U.S. cryptocurrency exchange, Coinbase's first quarter revenue missed analyst estimates. The company also warned that total trading volume in the current quarter will be lower than in the first. Competitive pressures in the crypto market are growing. Blockchain.com may consider going public as early as this year. And it's the end of an era. Apple's iPod, a groundbreaking device that upended the music and electronics industries more than two decades ago, is no more. The company said it will discontinue the iPod Touch. The touchscreen model will remain on sale until supplies run out. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. As long as we still have our Walkmans. Thank you, Karen. We're real live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the House approving $40 billion in Ukraine aid, President Biden seeking to ease rising food inflation with a new program for farmers, and the Senate holding a vote to codify abortion rights that is likely to go down in defeat. Let's get more on all these stories. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins us now. Emily, let's start with the Ukraine aid. This passed with overwhelming support in the House. It did. Uh, not everyone voted for this aid because there were some concerns about how large it was, as well as other language uh, on provisions dealing with uh, refugees from Ukraine. But this did really get a lot of bipartisan support. This is the message that leaders were hoping to send, that the U.S. and lawmakers are still really united on this issue. And Nathan, this is uh, the $40 billion package. Absolutely huge compared to what we've seen before and a real signal of both from the Biden administration that requested it, that they expect this war to go on for some time, and uh, by Congress sort of showing that, yes, they are willing to continue to support Ukraine, um, even as this war continues to stretch out. You also saw uh, uh, Ukrainian uh, ambassador meeting yesterday with senators over their lunch, uh, talking with them a little bit about uh, what they were using this funding for, what they needed to do, how it was uh, helping them uh, in this war against Russia. And you had Senator Rob Portman leave the lunch uh, and say that he really felt like it was well explained as far as how Ukraine was spending that funding. So we're going to see this this legislation head over to the Senate. We're looking for a vote, what, next week? What's the likelihood of this uh, moving forward in the Senate? Well, it definitely seems to have the support in the Senate. Senate, of course, things usually do take a little bit longer uh, just because uh, often you're not able to get everyone to consent to moving a spending package of this size quickly. So I think at this point, people are thinking about moving that bill early next week, although there seems to be le- less of a question whether it will pass. There definitely seems to be the 60 votes here needed to get it through. Now, President Biden, at least in the last couple of days, particularly with the CPI data coming out this morning, has been focused on inflation. 
sort of positioning his policies against Republicans. And now he's coming out with this new program uh, aimed at farmers. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so Biden's going to be um, actually heading to Illinois uh, and talking about ways that he's going to be helping farmers with food initiatives. The idea is that if you help out farmers, you might lower the cost of food. So it's different things. Uh, some of them is in- involving insurance, kind of giving coverage to lawmakers who grow more than one crop. Uh, U.S. investment in domestic fertilizer production is also going to be doubled to $500 million, And USDA programs that use technology technology, other tools to reduce the use of fertilizer are going to be extended to more farms. So lots of different components out there really trying to assist farmers here. How does this feed into what the president had to say yesterday about his inflation approach, this idea that uh, Republicans are pursuing what he calls an ultra MAGA agenda? I mean, uh, this is an inflation that's really hurt the Biden administration. This high inflation numbers, it's something they have tried to address in a number of ways. Um, the numbers so far have remained high at this point and, and are expected to really remain high at least into the summer, if not longer. And Biden is sort of stuck in this position of trying to assure Americans that he is doing things on this particular uh, particular area while also trying to empathize with the pain Americans are feeling, while also, you know, having to take the brunt of it. He is the president, and that means that he is the one who is getting blamed for the inflation and the economics in the U.S. So I think this effort that we are seeing with farmers, um, I imagine, too, other efforts that we're going to be seeing with uh, upcoming legislation on U.S. manufacturing and development, those are all things the administration is going to point to and try and say, we are addressing this issue. We do know it's important. Um, you know, we are working trying to lower prices for Americans. It is interesting, though, to hear the president focusing on the uh, economic challenges while on Capitol Hill. We're waiting for this vote later today in the Senate on the other big politically fraught issue that's uh, come to the fore over the last week or so, abortion rights. Yeah, the vote on that is expected today. Um, it'll be a procedural vote because that's kind of how the Senate works. Got to get the process through before you actually vote on the bill. It's going to need 60 votes. And, and Nathan, it's all but guaranteed to fail. We've seen uh, a very similar vote um, back in February that not only was unable to clear the 60-vote threshold, it didn't clear the 50-vote threshold because you had senators like Joe Manchin who voted against it. Um, and so even some senators, uh, Republicans who, you know, are more open to the idea of abortion rights, like Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, there are just, they, they haven't voted for these measures on the recent past. Um, and there's certainly not 10 Republicans at this point to join Democrats. Um, um, so this is very much a vote about messaging. It's very much a vote about getting people on the record before this November. Um, it's a it's kind of a vote that signals uh, just how important Democrats expect this issue to be uh, as we get more and more into election season uh, and just sort of showing that, you know, that they're not able with their current majorities to do anything. And only about 30 seconds left here. Speaking of uh, uh, election season, we had a couple of uh, key Republican primaries last night. 
Yeah, I would say that to, to highlight one, uh, we had a two Republican incumbents in the House go head to head. This is Alex Mooney and David McKinley in West Virginia. This was a big race because Trump had backed Mooney. He'd really used that endorsement as a centerpiece of his campaign. And it was kind of seen as a test of how powerful Trump's endorsement is. And the answer from last night is it's still pretty powerful. Uh, Mooney was emerged uh, pretty early on in the evening as the clear winner of the race. Uh, he's gotten a ton of support. I mean, this McKinley had a number of items he was running on, and it seems like Trump's endorsement has just uh, overpowered them all in terms of voters' minds. And just to note, of course, this is a deep red district, uh, so obviously things might play differently in some of the more swing districts, just like we saw in the West Virginia governor's race last year. All right. Thanks, as always. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from Washington, D.C. Right now, S&P futures are up 45 points. Dow futures up 282. NASDAQ futures up 186 points ahead of the release of April CPI coming out in just about an hour and a half. Much more to come on Bloomberg Surveillance straight ahead. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.